The biggest hurdle between me and eating healthy, delicious meals for lunch is decision fatigue. Honestly, by the time lunchtime rolls around, I've already made like a thousand decisions from what my toddler should wear to how much I want to argue with her about how you have to brush your teeth in the morning, you know? <laughs> for sure, for sure. No, I absolutely agree. And like I have taken to doing meal preps or like buying a bunch of ready to eat meals to like heat up quickly. And I recently tried Factor. And let me tell you, Factor is like 12,000 steps above and beyond any ready to meet eat meal I have ever tried before. That's right. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious ready to eat meals. Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef curated, dietitian approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. And there are more than 60 add ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. What are you waiting for? Get started and get after your goals. I tried the two-minute meals where I could fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat wherever you are. And they also offer pancakes, smoothies, and more. There's a wide variety of easy options throughout the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Plus, there's no prep and no mess. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup required. Factor is also flexible for your schedule. You can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Factor is the perfect solution when you're looking for fast premium options with no cooking required. And you don't want to make any more decisions because you're exhausted, like me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Factor is less expensive than takeout and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash justbreakup50 and use code justbreakup50 to get 50% off. That's code justbreakup50 at factormeals.com slash justbreakup50 to get 50% off. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMulder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. And today we're going to answer a question from somebody who feels like her partner isn't hot enough. But before <laughs> we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that Sierra and I are not licensed mental health practitioners. No, we are not professionals. We are not trained in any of this. So please take our advice as you see fit. We're only here to offer our humble musings to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs about the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love. All right, let's get into today's letter. So this letter comes from Why Can't I Just Be Happy, whose pronouns are she, they, who is writing from The Shallow End. Hi, Sam and Sierra. I recently started seeing someone awesome. He's smart, artistic, well-read, funny. He moved to my small town from a big city I also used to live in, which feels like a miracle. He's hip and well-dressed, and we share so many cultural and intellectual interests. I love talking to him and being around him. It really feels like I am finally speaking the same language as someone else. He's sweet, communicative, present, and consistent. He goes to therapy. And yet, and I hate myself for saying this, I feel like he's not, quote, hot enough. Don't get me wrong, I think he's cute and I'm attracted to him, but he isn't typical of the kind of people I date. There are kind of two specific issues popping up. One, I worry what people will think, which is awful but true, and what it says about me. Like, don't I deserve someone hot? Why do other people get to date hot people and I don't? Just 
just some bad insecurities and comparative thinking coming up. Maybe I feel like it reveals my own insecurities about my appearance, which is usually assuaged when I'm in a relationship with someone hot by societal standards. And then two, we do have physical incompatibilities. It's early. We've made out a few times and slept together once, but he's not the best kisser and the sex was kind of meh. Help. Am I self-sabotaging because he's great? Is this something that can be worked through? Can physical compatibility develop over time through practice and communication? How important is sexual connection if everything else is great? I want to be swept away and lost in the sea of a great kiss. And I know this is shallow and subjective and stupid, but what advice do you have for navigating my weird feelings about our gap in the physical attractiveness? Ugh, now it sounds like I think I'm super hot. Anyway, you can see the hole I'm digging myself into. Once again, thank you for letting me share these vulnerable thoughts and feelings. Oh, my darling, you are very welcome. Thank you so much for writing. This is really tricky, and I'm grateful for you for exploring it. Um... I think that we all have different understandings of attractiveness. You know, there's not one universal scale that can be applied to everyone and everyone's desire for others. Um, And it's okay to want to date someone that you're attracted to. Um, It's okay to value attraction differently than, say, your neighbor or your significant other or whatever. Um, it's what you choose to focus on in your relationships. And it also sounds like there are some core ideas about attractiveness and value that are at play here that concern me, not just for this potential relationship. Who knows? You know, like if you don't like kissing the guy, maybe he's not for you. But they concern me because... I can see the roots of this idea that your value isn't wrapped up, is inherently entrenched with your appearance. I see those, those roots sort of like tangling up your thought process here. Does that make sense? Um, And I want to explore that. And obviously Sam and I are going to give you some advice on how to, uh, how to approach this potentially new relationship. Um, But first we have to take a very quick break. All right, y'all know that Sam and I record every single episode of Just Breakup virtually. So I literally see this beautiful person on Zoom like multiple times a week. And every time Sam pops up into Zoom, I comment on their outfit. And I swear, like 99% of the time, I'm like, oh my God, that outfit is so cute. Where did you get it? Sam says quince. You too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I 
love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because, (laughs) (laughs) honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. All right, head and heart workers, you know, I'm all about tackling our money shame and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment. That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, you can just cancel it with a tap. You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. (laughs) Stop wasting money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. (laughs) We don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like... Use the middle person. <laughs> Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. All right, friends, welcome back. Um, thank you. Why can't I just be happy for writing this letter? Uh, also <laughs> love that name. <laughs> and I also want to say, you know, everything that Sierra said before the break, but also just to name that I think that this is a relatable question. You know, I think that like that that this you are talking about them as vulnerable and embarrassing. And Sierra and I are honored that you trust us with your vulnerable and embarrassing thoughts. And also, I don't think that you're unique in having these em- embarrassing and vulnerable ideas, right? Because I think mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think there's so much that's tied up in, you know, conventional understandings of attractiveness. And, you know, we live in a society that preferences people who are quote unquote, beautiful over people who are not right. Like there's, there's status that goes along with being somebody who is hot and, you know, especially for, um, women, right. We often conflate value with attractiveness, value with hotness, right? Like if you are not hot enough, then you're not worthy of our time and attention. And if your one job in life is to find a man Right. Like then the type of man that you find and are able to seduce or able to be in relationship with 
also determines your value, right? So it's like this double whammy right. of not just being like, yeah, you have to be as attractive as possible, but also we're going to judge you based on how attractive a partner you can find. And because those are the two things that define your worth, right? And that's right. stupid. <laughs> like, I just like, I want to yeah. like name it. Not that you're stupid because you have these things in you, because like we all have them in us, but I want to like name the actual like thought process that goes behind that type of thinking that we have all been taught is so stupid. It's dumb. Like it's just, it's stupid. (laughs) So like, Mm -hmm. and I also want to name that like that's in us, that's in all of us, all of us who have participated in this like system of awfulness, um, whether we chose to or not are have some of this, this, these thought patterns and feelings around this in us. Um, And so I want to, like, I think that this is such a good opportunity for us to, like, deconstruct some of these things that are happening. And and you're, like, in this really crunchy spot right now because you're, like, in this moment with this person. And you're, like, this person is, like, really great for me. And also, here's this stuff that's coming up that's, like, not mine. And I don't know what to do with it. And I don't like it. And I don't feel it. Right. Like all of the stuff around attractiveness where you're like, I don't know if I want to believe this in the core of me. And this is an opportunity to like, you know, we talk about like demonogamizing our minds. This is like an opportunity to like de-attractify our systems of value. <laughs> right. <laughs> like to say like English majors. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> to like come into this and say, what about my own understanding of myself or the world is causing me to look at this person who's like really great in lots of different ways and be more concerned with what other people are thinking about what it means about me that I'm in relationship with him. Right. And again, I'm not judging you for this in any way whatsoever. Not but at I, all. No, absolutely. Cause I, it, like I said, this is in all of us, right? Like there's a lot of stuff that, that comes into this and it's an opportunity to do some some self-awareness to like notice these patterns and say, is this how I want to be living my world? Right. And so if it's like, yeah, this is really tied to my own insecurity about my own appearance. It's like, OK, cool. So what sort of things do we want to do to help build up your understanding of your own appearance or to de-attractify your understanding of your own value to say, like, actually, I don't think it matters whether or not I'm hot enough to seduce like somebody hot, right? Like that's not something that I want to be living my life in. Like that's not a value I want to be living my life in. So what are some of the things that you have to like re-examine or some of the shifts or perspective that you need to make to say, remember, like when this kind of stuff comes up, right? Like remember my job is not to find the most attractive partner in the world. My job is to find the partner or partners who are going to support me in the way that I need to be supported. Right. Or to say, it doesn't matter what other people think about our relationships because only I get to decide who I want to be in relationship with. Right. Like some of these things are going to have to take time to unpack and, and it is going to take intention to, to like rewire some of those patterns of thinking, but it's, I think it's going to be worth it for you, regardless of whether or not you stay with this person. Right. I think it's going to be worth it for you to do some of that intentional rewiring those intentional reminders to yourself, the grounding that you need to do to like get out of the spin of all of the shit that society teaches us about what we should or shouldn't be doing with our attractive or unattractive bodies and decide to do something different, right? Decide to, to try and push back against that narrative. 
I think that's so beautiful. Um, I was just sitting here thinking how like you, even our own limitations limit others too, because when we perceive attractiveness, that is something that's like one-to-one that attractive people are attractive to attractive people. <laughs> like what that, that, that claims that there is a inherent system of, of attractiveness that we're all following. And obviously there's going to be people, people out there that are going to argue for like, I don't know, face symmetry or, or whatever, but you know, we can point to different things. We can point to different powers in our society that, or, or, or systems or whatever in our society that give power to people who look a certain way. Right. And also we know that we know from our favorite book, Ace by Angela Chen, that desire, sexuality, there's no, un, there's no universal. Everyone's approach to sexuality, desire, attractive, uh, attractiveness is their own, you know, which means there's no wrong or right way. And when, when I have, I've found myself thinking this before, like, oh, if so-and-so finds so-and-so attractive, how can they find me attractive or vice versa, you know, or whatever. And I'm, I'm sitting right now in, in the, the, the revelation that like my limiting beliefs about myself and my attractiveness limit what I think other people can do with their attraction. And isn't that funny that I'm like, Oh my God, this 10 over here, not to bring up that horrid scale. Um, <laughs> this 10 over here, um, is dating a five. What the fuck do I care? And what's the fuck <laughs> what math yeah. <laughs> am I doing there? Like other than hurting them and hurting myself, limiting myself. Again, no judgment here because I'm doing it. I'm doing the calculation in my head. Um so that's a thought that we should all try to subvert. Also like um I remember one of the most like radical ideas I I learned in my 20s on my little feminism journey slash lifestyle that I'm still in is like that. I don't owe prettiness to the world that like, it's not my job to be pretty. My job here in my body, my purpose here is not to be pretty for other people. Although it really feels like it, it really fucking feels like it sometimes. And you know, it feels like it in my own brain when I put on makeup to go to the grocery store. Like what am I, who, what am I doing there? But to you, my darling letter writer, I say, you don't owe prettiness to the world. You've got nothing to prove to me about your body. Again, we know that there's a lot of pressures from society that tell us otherwise, but Sam and I are trying to create like a little JBU safe space bubble where we can say to you, you don't owe us prettiness. You don't owe me anything with who you find as a partner and why you find them attractive. It doesn't have to be their body. It doesn't have to be their face. It doesn't even have to be the way they kiss. If you, if you want to be with this person, I want you to be with this person. Um, and I also want to say, I would be remiss if I did not add that I do wish that I validated my own lack of desire for one of my past partners I wish I made a little bit more space for the fact that I didn't feel very drawn to him physically. I wish I validated that. That being said, he was a wonderful person. I was attracted to him. I just didn't desire him. Um, and he brought many wonderful things. Like I was in love with him for many years. However, it, it just couldn't work out because we weren't meant for each other. And one of the ways we weren't meant for each other was physically. So all of this commentary about attraction and value and, and how we can sort of 
de-attractify ourselves, like Sam said, whatever that means. Um, <laughs> we all know what we all know what it means, <laughs> vaguely. Um, all that being said, this goes hand in hand with the fact that you have an intuition and you have a, a human right to be with somebody that makes you feel good. You know, like this, how about this? I want you to, I want you to explore these things and I want you to, to sort of deconstruct some limiting thoughts that we all have, because I want you to find um, genuine um, secure happiness with someone. Um, and that may fall outside of the bounds of physical attraction and also, and also you, it doesn't have to be with this person, you, you know, like we don't have to learn the lessons everywhere. You know, sometimes it's not the right time to learn lesson or the, it's not the right person to apply the a lesson to, you know, so we're not in your bodies. We're not in your mind. So we can't say like, stick it out with this guy or not. You're just going to have to listen to your own intuition. But I think, you know, Sam and I have pointed out a lot of things that, are going to take some time to unpack if you want to do that work. Um, I would encourage you to maybe seek professional counseling over something like this. This is a perfect thing to talk to a therapist about if you have the resources and time for that, um, because they can really help you. I, you know, I think about it as like untangling some of the conditioning, you know, those threads that go throughout us. Like when is the first time that you realize that your body had value as a, as a, as a person, as a woman, I can tell you when it was, it was when I was watching princess Jasmine in Aladdin, right? It wasn't cause she was smart. It wasn't cause she was brave or capable. It's because she was looked at. And I remember thinking like, okay, this is what I want to be. I want to be looked at, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's mm -hmm. fucked up, man. <laughs> that's, fucked up. <laughs> no, that's really real. Um, and I you were like, I want to be, I want to have a huge hat, a parrot and a staff. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I was like, I want eye makeup that looks like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, and I also want to say, you know, it might, it might also be helpful to read Angela Chen's book about, about asexuality in this for the two reasons that we're, we've been talking about, right? Like these two separate questions that you have, like one determining our own, like, sexual attraction as like our value and two the idea that like if your relationship isn't immediately sexually compatible if it's not blow you over like sweep you off your feet sexuality then it's somehow like bad right like you're missing out on something you're you're settling you're selling yourself short and you know, these questions that you ask around, like, can, can physical compatibility be built through communication and practice? Like, yes, it can be, right? Is sexual connection something that needs to be present in order for a relationship to have value? No, it doesn't, right? Like, there's, there's right. a lot of unlearning stuff that comes here as well in this, like, second question that you ask around the idea of, like, is it okay to be with someone even if you don't feel super sexually compatible? Like, yeah, it is okay. Like, those are choices that you can make where you say, this relationship is really good in all of these different ways, and I'm willing to compromise on this thing because I'm so fulfilled spiritually, emotionally with this right. person. You know, like, that's an okay thing to do. It's also okay to say, we're not going to, well, this isn't working, right? Like this, the sex isn't that good. And that's important to me. Like, that's also yeah. okay. The, the thing is, is that like, we want folks to be able to make 
informed choices that are in alignment with their values rather than just what society has like poisoned us to think is important, which is like find the most attractive partner, attractive, I'm putting that in air quotes, most attractive partner you can so that you can prove that you're worthy. And two, only be in relationships where the sex is amazing and awesome and never has to be worked on in any in any way, right? Like there are more options available to us. And and I think it would be good to explore some of that, even if this guy isn't the guy that you want to spend the rest of your life with or however long you want to spend with him. Right. Like there's there's important learning to be had here, regardless of whether or not this relationship goes the distance. That's perfect. All right, my darling. Again, thank you so much for trusting us with this question. I truly feel honored to answer it. And we hope this helps. Absolutely. We love you. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like more content from us or if you would like to join us for our monthly office hours, you can support us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon for as little as $5 a month, you'll get an additional bonus weekly episode as well as access to those office hours. That's patreon.com slash justbreakuppod. You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes, but most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at justbreakuppod.com, which is also where you can find our merchandise. Please remember to like, follow, subscribe, give us a five-star rating and review. This literally keeps our mics on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Just Break Up is a production of Duvid Media, original music, recording, editing, producing all magical things by our good friend Spencer Worth Davis. Make sure to check out his podcast and music. And remember, although we might be told um, and conditioned by those around us and society that our value lies in our appearance, our value as human beings is innate and completely disconnected from our bodies. Our value is in who and how we love. Our value is in what we give, what we say, and how we support our loved ones. Our value is in what we see and give value to. And we can rewrite some of that conditioning. We can make space for others and ourselves to be more authentic, more authentically us. And if all else fails, just break up. 